Andrea listens to us from Lebanon, Virginia. I'm Tom Carter on the message on Sirius XM. Where do you listen to us from? Well, let us know on Facebook. You can send us a tweet, and we're on Instagram. We'd love to know where you listen to the message. Maybe you listen with the SXM app out of the country. Well, let us know. Leanna Crawford now, and how can you not? I see the sunrise in the morning And a million stars at night I hear the birds, they can't stop singing Hallelujah I see His goodness when I fall down And His grace, it picks me up Every day I can't stop singing Hallelujah How can you not see God In every little thing, in every little moment How can you not feel love? How can you not? This is The Message on Sirius XM. Have you ever met those who keep humming when the song's through? It's like they're living life to a whole different tune. And have you ever met those that keep humming when it's all blessed? 
Good to see you tonight in church. Thank you for coming. Stand with us, if you will, and let's sing, He Set Me Free. Once like a bird in prison I dwell, no freedom from my sorrow I fell, but Jesus came and listened to me, and glory to God, He set me free, He set me free, He set me free, He broke the bonds of prison for me, and glory bound my Jesus to see, for glory to God, He set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day, darkness of night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground, and glory to God, I'm homeward bound. He set me free, He set me free, He broke the bonds of prison for me. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of this world shall turn me around. Daily I'm working, I'm praying to that glory to God. I'm going through. He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm Well, it's good to see you in church tonight. We do have a few um, announcements for you. Uh, don't forget that the senior uh, group here at church is going to have a dinner on March the 17th, and this is going to start at 5 o'clock. It will be a covered dish meal, so it says to bring a dish with you uh, of something uh, that you want to, to bring and eat, so bring that with you, and we'll supply the meat, the bread, the drinks, so... Just some kind of, um, what do you want him to bring? Some kind of uh, salads and different things? Or what? Beans and taters and cook cat, all that stuff. Just bring it. We'll eat it, all right? So, so that'll be on the 17th. And uh, if you will bring a dessert, see uh, Phyllis and Glenda. Raise your hand there. There they are. See them And uh, if you're going to bring a dessert. And uh, we would appreciate that. Be sure to wear green, because that is St. Patty's Day, so wear green. Um, our foundation, uh, which is through the Free Will Baptist, is going to be with us on March the 12th. Uh, I know you think this kind of sounds like it's going to be boring. It's not boring. It's something that all of us need, all of us need to listen to, So, and you can make a, a decision after that. But uh, Barry Simpson's going to be with us on the 12th. And uh, so uh, it's, he's going to discuss with you, as he has before, as he's been here before about five years ago, on a revocable living trust, uh, medical directives, 
power of attorney, uh, guardianship for minors. There's just all kinds of things that he will tell you about uh, with this trust. So uh, be here on the 12th Sunday night, and uh, he will go over that with you. Um, the schedule for singing is ready, so if you want to go back and look at the schedule, uh, you can. It's ready, and all you got to do is take a picture of it on your phone, and that way you'll have it. Uh, so don't forget to do that. Also, on March the 12th, don't forget to do what? Spring forward. Spring forward. Spring forward. So uh, I guess you lose an hour, right? We gained an hour in the winter, now we lose an hour. So you're all going to be tired on Sunday morning. I'll have to wake you up. But anyway, after you eat that big breakfast that we're going to have on the 12th, uh, that'll start at 9 o'clock. Come over and eat breakfast before you go to Sunday school, all right? And uh, it'll be everything you can think of. So you just come and eat with us and uh, fellowship together before church on the 12th. Is there any other announcements that I failed to mention tonight? All right. We're going to have a blessing tonight. Brother Burton is going to speak for us tonight. And uh, he's done that many times for me. He's helped me out over the years when I've not... Uh, been here on Wednesday night or Sunday night. He's always helped, and uh, I'm glad he is here tonight to speak for us. You got your mic on, don't you, brother? All right. All right. Got that mic on. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for this opportunity that he's given us to be in his house once again. This is prayer meeting. Does anybody have any prayer requests before we go to the Lord in prayer that you want to mention tonight? Yes, ma'am. Yes. 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 Somebody back there, it looked like. Anybody else? Yes. Yes, sir, we sure will. It's good to have Troy back. Yes. Anybody else? Go ahead. Good. That's good. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, don't forget on Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we pray here at the church at 6 o'clock. And uh, we have some good prayer time and good time together. And uh, we pray for all those things that are in the box. And we, the new ones that come in, we mention those. So if you have a prayer request that you'd like for us to pray about, make sure you put it in the box right there, and I promise you we'll pray, for, we'll pray about it. It's good to, to see all of those that come out, but we know there's some people that pray at 6 o'clock at home. And uh, we thank you for praying. And uh, don't for, ever forget to do that on Tuesdays and Thursday nights at 6 o'clock. Uh, pray together. Yes, Brother Mike. Yes, I've seen that, yes. All right, let's go, yes. Yes, sure will. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you tonight, and Lord, you've heard all these prayer requests just in our family here tonight, and you know, Father, that we are lifting those folks up to you tonight. We can't remember every name, but Father, you know everything that's been said. And Lord, we really pray for those that are sick. Uh, I pray for this young lady that Hope just brought up, that her father was unresponsive. I pray, Father, that uh, you'll be in that situation right now. And Father, I pray for all of these folks that have mentioned prayer requests tonight, people that are sick. Lord, in this box, there are so many people that are, that are lost. And Father, we pray for them every single day. And we ask, Father, that you will touch those folks. Show them how real that you are. And Father, tonight we have come to lift you up and magnify you because you're worthy. And Father, we just pray tonight that you will bless us with your presence through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. I pray for Brother Burton as he speaks tonight. I pray, Father, you'll give him the very thing that we need. God will praise you and will honor you for everything you do for us because you're such a good God. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I don't know, we're not told how much noise was going on on the day they walked our Lord up Calvary's Hill. But I've got a feeling there was a big hush over the crowd as Jesus pulled his cross up the hill to die for you and me. I hope this song is a blessing to you. One morning past daybreak, as the crowd slowly gathered, like a sheep he was humble to his father's own will. 
I've looked at you from this angle. 
It's good to see you. It's a pleasure to be here. Something about this auditorium makes me nervous. <laughs> uh, most places I talk and do whatever I do, run my mouth, do whatever I do, I don't get nervous. But every time I come here and stand up here, I get nervous. So I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> Kind of got a dilemma going on here. I, I normally tell a preacher joke, and the preacher's sitting back there. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I do, uh, one of the things I want to do is uh, have been, uh, as most of you know, you haven't seen me in the auditorium in a long time. I come on Monday morning, I teach my Sunday school class, and I leave because I've got duties at home. Uh, and I think most of you know and have been praying for me and, and a lot. And I appreciate that so much. But uh, for you folks that don't know maybe, my wife Ann, about three years ago, uh, the doctor smacked me right in the face with the fact that she had Alzheimer's. And uh, she has uh, deteriorated tremendously, and on top of that, she's also been diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's. And uh, so I have taken on the uh, responsibilities of caring for uh, one of the reasons for that. Me and her have been together for uh, 58 years, and uh, we've uh, been through a lot. And uh, does anybody that needs to look after and care for, that's me. And uh, I would ask you again, as I said, most of you have been praying for me, and I ask you to continue to do that because uh, things are still going downhill, they're deteriorating, and uh, she's operating on about the two-year level right now. And uh, one of the things that I'm concerned about is uh, the only, about the only thing she can do is eat uh, by herself. That's about the only thing she can do. And uh, if you've ever seen a two-year-old, they just sometimes keep putting it in. And I'm, I'm very concerned that uh, uh, she's going to overdo it and uh, get choked and because of the fact that uh, she can't swallow very well. So... Uh, there's been some uh, God's hands at work in this, and I'm going to uh, give you just a little bit of testimony about it and to give God the honor, the praise, and the glory for it. Uh, up to three, probably three months ago, two, two months ago, she was in bed about 18 to 20 hours a day. And uh, so the only time to get her up to eat, and then we was dealing with the blender and insure and things like that. She lost her voice. She got down to, I could put my ear almost down to when she was trying to tell me something and, and I still kind of understand it. But uh, one of the things that she was always been able to do during all of this is she could read her Bible. Now I don't under, uh, there's some things here that I don't understand and, and there's a lady that uh, I didn't know very well. In fact, they're neighbors. They're building a house near me. 
and uh, I had, uh, they had asked me some, about some things about their building and their driveway and some so, so forth. And uh, we had talked about her reading the Bible as much as she'd re- or, uh, she did during the time that she, uh, she was okay. And she would read her Bible through probably two or three times a year. And uh, kind of the odd thing about that, she's German. Uh, English is her second language. And uh, she read it in the King James Version. She, she wouldn't read the German Version. And uh, so anyway, one of the things that I've been doing since, uh, since this is have her setting up in the chair and so forth. And I would get, got one of these little things that an iPad sets on. I'd put that Bible there. She would hold it for hours. The lady uh, asked me, she said, does she still read that Bible? And I said, well, she holds it. I'm not exactly sure how much she reads it. She said, and she called me one day and she said, would you mind if I come read her the Bible? And I was taken aback by it. I said, no, if that's what you want to do, that would be fine. So about a year ago, she started coming on Tuesday, 10 o'clock. And then uh, just a few weeks later, she said, mind if I come twice? I'll come Tuesday and Thursday. And for a long time, the only time I ever saw a smile on Ann's face was when Brenda would show and uh, so anyway, she'd been doing that and still doing it. She was there yesterday, and she'll be there tomorrow morning, too. But uh, so uh, all of a sudden, Ann has changed a lot. She get, we get her up in the morning right now at about 8 or 8.30. She stays up till 6 or 6.30. And her voice is back, and Lord knows it's back because I hear it, I hear it all the time. And uh, so uh, I don't understand that at all, but uh, I told the boys, I said, I'll take the noise over the way she was before. I'll take it any day of the week. She still doesn't know me. She doesn't know the boys. She hadn't, uh, I don't think she's known me for six months or maybe longer. And uh, the, the boys, uh, the three boys that we raised, she, she's told me a few times, I, uh, well, I've got a picture there, and I said, you know them birds? She said, I think they're my cousins. And so anyway, right now, uh, she's doing well as far as her voice, as far as the voice goes and that, and, uh, but there's big changes coming. She, her body is deteriorating. She can't walk without help and uh, things of this nature. So I'm, I'm looking at uh, proper bedridden things, it looks like, without God intervenes uh, pretty soon. So... Uh, I would, uh, again, I'll ask you to just remember us in your prayers, if you will. The uh, joke uh, that I was uh, considering telling on a preacher, but I won't since he's here, but it had to do with him being in an airplane some time ago in an airliner and uh, got some real rough weather. And uh, they was uh, getting beat around real bad. And they didn't know if it was going to get out of that storm or not. And uh, somebody knew he was a preacher. And they said, preacher, why don't you do something religious? He took up an offering. <laughs> There's one other little short one here that I'm going to tell you. That because I, I, I kind of think we ought to laugh even though when things are not the best in the world. But. This is a, not necessarily a preacher joke, but uh, it kind of fits in somewhere a preacher does. But anyhow, the preacher was up preaching, and uh, 
on a Sunday morning and the church was full and the devil walks in and comes up and sits right in the choir loft. Sits right down, sitting there looking around and everybody scatters. They're going every way. And just in a few seconds, uh, everybody's gone but one guy sitting back about three rows back there. The devil's sitting there looking right at him and he said, ain't you afraid of me? He said, no, I ain't afraid of you. He said, how come you're not afraid of me? He said, I married your sister. (laughs) 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 So anyway. (laughs) One of the things that I'll tell you here tonight, I'm probably, what I'm going to talk about, and and I've prayed hard about this, and, uh, and I'm probably not going to say one thing that probably you, you don't know already and heard it probably many times. But let me tell you one of the things that, uh, that I'm kind of sold on what I'm doing here. Uh, and after I'll explain it to you uh, a little bit, I'll not try to get it too deep into it. But after I retired from the military, I had a commercial pilot's license and I started flying commercially. And uh, I was flying under the airline rules and regulations and they're pretty strict it ain't like just going out here and riding around and uh, one of the things that we had to do is we had uh, had to have a physical every six months if you're over 40 the the second physical had to be EKG and you had had to have check rides every six months to see if you was capable of uh, doing what you're supposed to be doing and once a year we had what we call recurrent training and uh, FAA requirement. And uh, the recurrent training was, if you may have been flying that airplane for 10 years and knew all about it. And you could tell the FAA there, I've been flying this and I know all about it. They said, that's good, but you're still going to have seven to 10 days, eight hour days to go back over it every bit of it again. So that's what we did every year. We would go through the recurrent. So let's look at this, what I'm probably going to be talking about some here, recurrent training for you, okay? Because if you've been, if you say, well, I know all that stuff. Well, there's some things going on in this world today that you don't know about or you haven't seen before. And that I'll guarantee you because I've been around in a lot of years and I see things going on that I've never seen before. So the only thing that I'm going to reiterate or talk about here is some of the things that's going on in the world today. But I've also, one of the things that if I, uh, part of what I'm going to be talking about here is testimony. And if there's anything that's happened to me over the last three years, okay, in the situation that I'm in, is I have learned that I'm pretty much helpless. And that I have got help. And uh, so if uh, the people that are here have been in my Sunday school class for some time, they know that I harp on this. We have not because we ask not. God says if you need some help, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm there willing to help. Uh, but most of us, when we get in trouble, I'm guilty, okay? So don't think I'm up here trying to point a finger at you and, uh, or anybody else. But 
one of the first things we do is, uh, for instance, uh, you got a pain, you, you, uh, we normally go to the pill bottles first or to, to the doctor, and uh, along that line, the bottom falls out of uh, our financial situation. Uh, we will uh, go to uh, look at financial people and uh, we'll normally go for somebody that thinks a, a friend, maybe a, a counselor or someone that knows a whole lot more about it than you do. And a lot of times you get bad information. Uh, got a little thing that I read one time and I thought of it as a day. It says sometimes you just talk to yourself because you need expert advice. So, so uh, that's what you need. But anyway, one of the things that I want to reiterate or iterate is that God is here. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And whatever comes our way, and let me just pass this on to you. Uh, when you get in trouble, God is allowing that for a reason. One of the reasons is to increase your faith. Because if, you, uh, if your faith is weak, and you get to the place you've got nowhere else to turn, and nobody else to depend upon, that's when you turn to God, okay? And you know what? I am standing here tonight to try to tell you that that is the truth, that God will be there for you. Uh, the things that I've been doing in the last months, I don't know anything about it. I've, I've never been a caregiver for anybody before. Couldn't hardly take care of myself. But I've got a pretty good program. It's working. And uh, you know what? By the help of God. And with, the ad, uh, with God, it helps me to keep my attitude uh, somewhere above because I know God is going to heal Ann, he's going to heal me, and he's going to heal you too if you're a Christian. It might not be in the way that we'd like to see it done, but it might be when we leave here, when we step out of this life and go to the next life, that might be when we get healed. But we will get healed. He'll take care of the problem, Okay. Let's talk about the world condition for just a little bit. I keep hearing on the news, and uh, I've just about quit watching the news, and uh, even though I still do at night usually, but the TV at my house doesn't come on uh, from, I turn it off about seven in the morning, and doesn't come back home until about five or six in the, at night. And I watch it for a while before I go to bed. But uh, here's what I hear out of a lot of people. This is biblical proportions. We have never seen this before, like snow in Southern California, uh, you know, and, and all this, and earthquakes in Syria and Turkey, and, world, and we've got a, a cold thing going across in, uh, the northern part of this country, and the southern part, we're about 80 degrees. We've never seen stuff like that before. I believe if God is doing anything, he's showing us that he is in charge of the climate control. And, uh, and so here is the thing that where we need our recurrent training, if we look at it that way, is that uh, we all know that God's in charge of this thing, but do, do, have we ever looked and really given some good, honest thought recently as, as to how close it might be? And if it's close, and if I believe it is, what are we doing? What does God expect of us 
I'm talking about us born-again believers. Does he expect us to sit here and say, well, um, okay, God, come on today if you want to. Uh, I'm not interested in my neighbor. I'm not interested in, in the people that are in trouble, and we've got a lot of people in this country in trouble. I went to the jail, Washington County Jail, for 23 years, taught the Bible down there. Uh, I, I started out on Mondays, and then I wound up going Mondays and Thursdays. And uh, I did until the pandemic hit, and uh, that wiped me out and, uh, as far as going down there. But then this other thing come along wiped me out from probably going anyway. So, but I feel bad that I'm, so I got a little deal. <laughs> we go to McDonald's, we have a group over there, and I try to teach a little Sunday school class over there about every day I get a shot at it. Uh, but... Uh, there's, there's so many people out here that is in trouble. I can name you people that is on drugs, they're, uh, they're on alcohol, they're on all of these things. And there's not many people care, it doesn't seem like. I see the fact, listen to a preacher on, uh, have my radio set to a, a Christian station, 690, and uh, a preacher comes on about 8 o'clock on uh, in the morning, and he's usually talking about the, the, the world situation and some things like that. And he was talking the other morning, and he's talking about how the church is declining and the spiritual part of it is. And he said something that really got my attention, and I, I hope he's wrong, but they took a poll of pastors, pastors of churches, and if I remember the number, then I was driving, so I didn't write it down, but uh, I, I believe it was something like 48% of pastors that believe there's, uh, Jesus is not the only way to heaven. We're in trouble. We're in big time trouble. And if there's ever a time in this world that you and me ought to get down and get serious about being who we are, who we say we are, and, and living that life that we say we are, that it would influence other people's lives, it's now. It's now. Uh, some of my teaching that I do, uh, I ask pretty blunt questions sometimes, and one of the reasons I do that is this. I'd like for people sometimes to look at me and say, is that Yahoo off his rocker? Uh, you know, why is he talking stuff like that? Why does he uh, do that? I used to, uh, down at the jail, I would ask questions. I said, uh, you know how to go to heaven? What do you got to do to go to heaven? And then I would explain to him. Jesus is the Son of God. Come to this earth, walked upon it for 33 and a half years, gave his life on a cross, died, put in a, a tomb, and was resurrected so, so that we, our sins, could be forgiven. Another question I ask, what you got to do is go to hell? I'll answer that one for you. If you haven't done what I just said, you're on the road. You don't have to do a thing. Ask another one, and I want you to think about this one because it's kind of going along with what uh, we're talking about here. If I ask you tonight about the devil... I've got a question that I ask him. I've got to talk, too. I've got to, I've got to talk that I give about the devil in his toolbox. 
devil's got a toolbox. He's, he's the same as a, if you're a carpenter, you go, to, you go to work with a carpenter's tool. If you're an electrician, you go to work with an electrician's tool. If uh, you're a doctor, you've got doctor tools. Whatever you do, whatever profession you've got, you, you've got tools for the job, or otherwise you're not going to do any good. The devil's got a toolbox. And if I ask you tonight, what do you think, and you're willing to, if you want to, speak up on this, what would you think would be his number one tool? I'm sorry. That's a good one. I've got a little thing I read about that. Some folks think that's, a, think that's number one. It's not number one, but it's close. It might be number two. Number one is religion. What did he say to Eve when he was talking to her over there in Genesis? He said, did God say? He knows what God said. And you know what? He told Eve about half the truth. And if he can tell you half the truth and get you to thinking that you're okay, then he's done his job. Now, I've got... I, I, I'm going to move over to John here. Uh, and I'm going to read a couple of things. What Jesus himself says about what he says about Satan. And a lot of people, you know, uh, there's some things just in the news here in the last few days about uh, schools that had Satan worship in them. Did you hear that one? Yeah, they actually had Satan worship in them. Uh, so here in uh, John chapter 8, if you want to go there, uh, I'll, I'm going to read it right now. And they are in the process of setting him up to kill him. He's just about ready to go down uh, Golgotha's hill here that he was talking about or singing about a little while ago. And he said there's two fathers in this world. Only two. And here's what he said. Verse 42 of 842, he said, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and come from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Then he said, why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my words? Then he said in verse 44, this is the one that I want to give you as to what, he, he's going to nail him down. He said, you're, uh, you're of your father, the devil. Now, he's talking to religious leaders who he's talking to. He's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, you're of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, that's not a very good father to be following. But here is what, over in Proverbs, I recommend Proverbs, by the way. I'm a little behind right now, but I, I, my, my normal procedure is that I read a proverb every day, but I, I'll, I'll fess up, I'm behind. I'm a little busy and got some things going over in Proverbs, it says, There is a way that seemeth right 
unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now to me, that's serious business. Serious business. Because when we can allow the things, now I'm, I'm talking about the things that's going on, and I wish I had a lot of time. I can't see the, the clock. Somebody move that clock, preacher. Oh, the, over there it is. I see it. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, I've, I've got a lot of time here, but well, I don't. Uh, the thing that we've got to do is we have got to get our ducks in a row and do and say who we are and what we are and not be led uh, astray by LGBTQ or whatever those numbers are. Transgender, climate control, and all that. Now see, most of us have signed right, I wouldn't say most of us, but a lot of Christian people have heard that so much that it doesn't bother them anymore. And I'm afraid that there are some Christians in this world that would do this and uh, they'd walk into the throne room of God and say, uh, Jesus, scoot over on your throne there a little bit. I want to set up there with you because you've missed some points and I'd sure like to get you straight. Uh, you know, uh, you, you said in your book there that you, you created man and a woman. Why, we've figured out there's, uh, I don't know how many, 40, 50 different versions or whatever. There's more than that, I think. Uh, so we want to tell you where, you, where you've uh, missed the boat. Because uh, uh, a man can marry a man. Uh, love is love. And if they love each other, that, uh, you know, that's, uh, there's nothing bad with that, God. A woman can marry a woman. That's even though you said it wasn't right. Now, we've signed on because uh, some of that doesn't bother us much anymore. The killings that go on in this world, I'll admit, it, I, I can hear about four or five people getting shot, and I said, well, that's just part of the, what's, what's taking place. I'm sorry, but it, it should affect me a whole lot more than that. The word might be desensitized. I'm, I think that might be it. I'm not sure. But here is what we've got. Christian people have got to make it. If there's ever going to be a change in this world that's going to be made, because I hear the news people that I've been talking about here, talking about uh, the things, of how do we change the violence that's in this nation? How many of them did you ever hear say, we need to get the Bible out and start teaching that to children and people that uh, they would know there's a consequence for doing things like that? You know why? Because we have turned our back on God. We, as Christians, have, uh, we have turned everything loose. And it started in 63. When they took the prayer, uh, when they pulled the Ten Commandments off the, uh, off the walls, when uh, Madeline Mary O'Hare come along about a year or so later and said, let's get prayer out of the classroom, do all that. That's, and you know what? We sat there, and I'm speaking of us Christians, and we allowed that to take place. And it's not going to change as long as this Satan that I just read about a little bit ago is running the show. 
It's not going to change. Then, you know, we get into the conversation, and I'm not going to get into it, uh, but uh, why does God allow that to happen? Well, if you really want to know, if you'll read this book that I have laying right here in front of me, you will know why it's happening. You will. I'm going to go to Matthew 24. Like I said, you, we're going to go over some things that, that uh, and I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to read portions of it that I think that would apply. If, if you want to turn there, it's Matthew 24, and I'm going to start reading in verse 3, and I'm going to read down through 13. And listen to what I'm reading and, listen, and, and compare it to where we are today, to what you hear today. And verse, uh, verse 4, Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now you better, if, if there's anything that Jesus said over and over, Matthew 7 and places like that, he says, be not deceived, be not deceived, be not deceived. So if you're sucked into this thing, and you're going to stand before God one day, and, and he'll say, well, I told you, and I told you, and I told you, and I told you. Listen, right, here's why. For many shall come in my name, saying that I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. That's a preacher that is going to stand behind the pulpit and he'll throw in a little Bible here and there and he'll use the name of Christ and things like that. But he never says you've got to go uh, be born again to get your sins forgiven and things like that. You know what they are? They are deceiving people, the people that will not preach that. Then he says, and verse, now listen to this one. Verse 6, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Ukraine, and we're right on the, we're right on the verge of nuclear war. Now, I don't, I'm not here trying to scare you, but I'm trying to tell you that God's honest truth. Uh, they've got, got old Putin pushed into a corner, and who knows what a crazy man will do. He may pull the trigger on one of those nukes, and when he pulls the figure... Uh, the finger on one of them, it's going to be Katie bar the door. For a nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and there shall be pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All of that's going on, but I'll tell you one that I think there is right on our doorstep. I believe we're going to have food shortages in the next year or two that you won't believe. That's just one. There's a lot of others. He said, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall, listen, then shall they deliver you up to, uh, to be afflicted and shall kill you and shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. If you are a Christian today, you're not well liked. You are not well liked. And I'll tell you what. There's some things before the Supreme Court and some things that's going on that is going to do away with Christianity. One of the first things they're going to do, uh, this is going to, uh, anything, and this has already happened overseas in, in Norway, I believe. There was a pastor over there that they have prosecuted because he quoted the Bible, and they say that's, quote, that is hate speech because it's against LGBTQ, all those things, right? 
So that's hate speech. That's coming. And uh, they're going to close the doors of every church that they can that actually preaches this word. That's in the, that's in the process. Verse 10 says, And then many shall be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many, here we go again, and many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, he shall be saved. I'm going to stop right there and reading that, but I'm going to go to verse 24 and 25. You're going to get tired of listening to this, and so there's not going to be any other long readings to it. Verse 24 says, For there shall arise false... This is Christ saying this, of what is going to take place. And shall, grow, uh, and shall show great signs and wonders, inasmuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. You know who the very elect is? That's born-again believers in Christ. You can sign on to this. Uh, according to this, it, it says, and then he says in verse 25, Behold, I have told you before. Then I'm going to move down to verse 32. Right now, we are seeing exactly what he's talking about right here. We're seeing it physically. I've got trees out on my hill out there that is putting out buds and flourishing and, and all of this. It's happened. Listen to what it says. He said, now you learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. That's exactly where we are. We know here in about... Uh, 60 days or so, we'll be complaining about how hot, it is, how hot it is, right? Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll complain. Oh, I'm guilty. Because summer is nigh. So likewise, listen, when you shall see all these things, know that, the, that it is near even at the door. That's what Christ said about it. He says you can know As many people paying much attention, do you think? Do you think they, they really care? Listen. Verse 34, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But on that day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Here is what I want you to listen, really listen to now. But as it was in the days of Noah, Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So we can know. I'm going to give you a little hint here if you really want to get some details on this. Go over to Genesis chapter 5, maybe 6, and read through chapter 11. And that is what took place during Noah's day and the flood. The whole story is right there. There was eight people survived. And listen to what Jesus is saying about it. For as it was in the days where before the floods, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Noah had been preaching for 120 years. You better repent. You better repent. God is going to judge this world. 
eight people listen. Until Noah entered into the ark and knew not, listen, until the floods came and took them away, so shall also of the coming of the Son of Man be. The same thing will be going on when God comes and judges this world that's going on right now because people won't listen. You try that with somebody and you know what they're going to tell you? I heard that all my life. Yeah. I've got two verses in Romans and, and then I'm going to go over down to where the rubber meets the road. Uh, Romans chapter 1, two verses that Verse 16, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Most of us can go to a football game and holler and do a lot of things, sit in the rain. And I've said this a long time about uh, Nothing will stop a good Christian going to church in a little shower of rain, uh, quicker than a shower. Uh, man, I can't go. The weather's awful. But they could go to Knoxville or somewhere else and sit out there in the snow and all this other stuff and hoop and holler and do all that. But then, anyway, so where is our priorities? And verse 22 is, I want you to pay close attention to this one because it, it enters my mind often. As, uh, he, uh, he's talking about here in Romans about the people that were not thankful and a lot of things like that. And I'm not going to read all that. But then he said, in, Paul says in verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Yeah, you're a fool if you can tell somebody that, yeah, you, the only thing you have to do to be, if you're a man, to be a woman is just uh, say, I, now I'm a woman, and vice versa. Uh, that's, now, that's being a fool as far as I'm concerned because, well, now where I'm going to get to the, where the rubber meets the road that I was talking about is James chapter 1. Now, I talked earlier about what God has done for me and how he answers my prayer. One of the things I found out, you can take this to the bank with you, by the way. I found out God speaks good English. When I talked to him, just, you know, just talked to him, I was talking to him today, I was in a mess. And I said, God, I don't know if you want to get involved with this or not, but I'm in a mess and I can sure use your help. You know what? I didn't put any of these and thous and, uh, and all these other things in there. Uh, I think sometimes about Peter. You know, when I uh, talked this just recently in there, Sunday school, uh, Peter uh, uh, saw Christ walking on the water and he said, can I come to you? And he said, come on, Peter. Come on, son. Peter hopped out of there and he was, uh, he was doing fine. He walked on the water until he got to looking around him. And when he got to, he said, the guy drowned out here. I mean, that, man, them waves are awful. You know what he started doing? He started sinking. 
He took his eyes off of who he's supposed to be looking at. I'm telling you this right here. If you don't take anything else out of here that I've said tonight, take this with you. If you will put your eyes on Christ and you will leave it there and you will stay there, he will lead you, he will guide you, he will care for you, and he will meet your needs. And, and, and I'll tell you this, when uh, some of the things that I've been looking at, I just says, God, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. <laughs> he sure fixed some things. One thing I'll ask you to pray about. One, uh, uh, the people that knew Ann uh, when we was coming to church and so forth, she asked just about every Sunday uh, for people to pray for her sister and her family. They're 4,000 miles away. And I try to keep them up to date. If I had a loved one somewhere that was sick 4,000 miles away, I'd want to know something about them. And I try about every 10 days to, and I ain't much at emailing and all this other stuff. But uh, I have a nephew over there in Munich that uh, uh, he can, uh, I can communicate with him. And they got some pretty good translations. translators anymore. You hit the button and the thing, will, it'll work. But uh, so I would ask you to uh, help us uh, pray for her because Ann was very concerned and, about her sister. And every time I send one of those uh, emails, I get my lick in a little bit about this. And uh, the nephew uh, told me on one uh, back a month or two ago, a couple of three months maybe, he said, you've moved me greatly. Now, I don't know exactly what that means exactly, but uh, it has to do with some of the things I've said about the Lord, I'm sure. So uh, James chapter 1, now, I'm going uh, to give you this, and then I'm going to, uh, uh, I see that clock over there now. It used to be right straight ahead. Uh, so uh, James chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. And when I read that the first time, I said, James, son, you're off the, you, you, you can't be right about this. He says that uh, you, you should count it joy when you fall into these temptations and things. Well, I think I understand it a little better because I prayed about it and I've thought about it. When the more you get involved, the pressure gets on you and the temptations come your way and all that, the more you depend upon God and the closer you get to God. And that's why you can be joyful in these situations, okay? Uh, listen, because he said in verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So anyhow, when, you, when you're under the gun and you've got nowhere else to turn, that's when, that's when you start turning to God. And then he said in verse 4, But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, warning nothing. What that one boils down to, if you boil it down, say, God will take care of all your problems. But then we have a tendency to say, God ain't run into this one before. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's kind of one of them deals. I want to tell him about something that he, he missed. You know, well, uh, he's, he knows all about it. Verse 5 is the one that I wish I had a half an hour to talk about. I don't, but I'm going to try to move along with it. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, 
And I believe that most any of us in this room would probably say, yeah, I could use a little wisdom. I, you know, I, could, I know a lot of stuff, but uh, <laughs> I know a guy would say, if I don't know it, my brother does. <laughs> so, so anyway, if you could figure that you could use a little help, listen to what he says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, if God puts a shall to it, he's going to do it. Okay? Now, let me, let me give you one little quick illustration. Pete's back there, and uh, Pete's going to hear what I'm going to say since he's running this uh, online thing. Uh, I raised him and two others. And uh, so one of the things that I did when they were young, they would come to me and they called me Pop and they said, Pop, got a problem. I said, well, tell me a problem. And they would tell me. And I'd say, have you worked on it? They said, no. I said, don't talk to me about it. You go back and you work on that thing and, and, and you, you figure it out if you can. Uh, we'll be in good shape if you can fix it. If you can't, you come back, then we'll work on it. But I ain't going to work on it until you, uh, until you do. Well, now, I believe that God feels the same way. God can fix all our problems. He can do anything. And my Bible says with him all things are possible. But if you don't ask him, he he's going to say, well, some guy, old Brian down there, he got himself a problem. I wish he'd ask me. Here, look at it from my standpoint. They still call me about old cars and stuff. And, uh, and they, uh, and you know what? I'm pleased that they still have that much faith in me. They call me and ask me about to help them out. And here is one thing. I'm limited with what I know. I'm limited with what I have, my resources. But I've got, a, I've got one that I can go talk to up there. Uh, he, he knows it all, and he's got all the resources that he ever needs. And why won't I go to him and ask him? Now, so here's another thing. If you take number two out of here tonight, you, uh, if, if you've got a problem, go talk to God about it. Make sure you're his. Because, now I can go back to this two-father thing a while ago. If you're following the devil, God won't answer your prayer. He won't answer your prayer. He won't. You're in the wrong family. He says, go talk to the, go talk to the father. I may sing a song with that one here. I, I, I think I might. But let me, let me go ahead and finish this right here. There's a but in verse 6. I'm going, to, I'm going to read 5, and then I'm going to put 6 to it. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Go this way a while. I've seen a lot of Christians go this way, this way. Me and Ann and Curtis had a, we had a uh, anniversary here. Curtis had one about two weeks ago, didn't you, Curtis? Been here 25, 30 years? 26, okay. 
about the 15th of February. Me and Ann in January hit ours. We've been here 39 years. We're on the, on the road to 40. But here's the thing. I've seen a lot take place in that 39 years in this church. Let not man, uh, uh, listen, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. God said, if you're flaky as a box of post hosties, don't come and talk to me. Because I'm not going to listen to you. Puts a little icing on the cake. Said a double-minded man is, unsta is unstable in all his ways. I am going to sing a song. I'm not a singer, but I'm going to sing it anyway. Uh, I can, I'm going to give you a little testimony on this. I heard this song when I was 17 years old. I was on my way overseas. I went overseas when I was 17. And I heard my sister sing this song. And I remembered the words to it all the years. And I was in this church some years ago. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. I was doing the jail ministry. And he said, sing that song. And I said, I ain't no singer. And anyway, I finally got me a pad and I wrote it down. And I said, I can remember the words to it. And I, I got me a pad and I wrote it down. And I carried it around a long time. And, and finally... I got the guts enough to sing it down at the jail. And uh, I've given away hundreds and hundreds of copies of it. And I went to the Unicorn Jail. I started, uh, just before the pandemic started, I was going to the Unicorn County Jail too. First night I walked in over, some guys were looking through, the, through some peepholes in the doors. There's that guy who sings that song. <laughs> so, so I'm going to sing the song. And uh, It'll go along with what I've been talking about here. I call it the sinner's dream. You can call it whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> Last night as I lay sleeping, a dream came to me. I dreamed about the end of time and about eternity. I saw a million sinners fall on their face to pray. The Lord, he sadly shook his head, and this is what he said. Sorry, I never knew you. Depart from me forevermore. Sorry, I never knew you. Go and serve the one that you have served before. I thought the time had surely come when I must stand a trial. I told the Lord that I had been a Christian all the while. And through his book he took a look and sadly shook his head. Place me over on the left. And this is what he said. Sorry, I never knew you. I find no record of your birth. Sorry, 
I never knew you. Go and serve the one that you have served on earth. I saw my wife and children. I heard their loving voice. They must have been so happy. Oh, how they did rejoice. Their robes of white around them, their crowns upon their head. My little girl looked up at me, and this is what she said. Daddy, we can't go with you. We must dwell in the sure joys of our Lord. Sorry, for we still love you, but you will never be our daddy anymore. And then when I awakened, the tears were in my eyes, and looking all around me, and there to my surprise, I saw my wife and children, I knew it was a dream. And down by my bedside, you should have heard me scream. Father, who art in heaven, I know you gave your only son. Forgive me and let me serve you. For I want to be ready when you come. I sang it here. Somebody sitting about the third or fourth row back while I was singing the song. Come up here and got saved. And I guess that God put his little stamp of approval on even though I can't sing. But uh, anyway, does anybody need to come forward and make any decisions or anything tonight? I appreciate so much. Curtis allowing me the opportunity to be here. I know that he loves to preach. Uh, nobody loves to preach more than Curtis does. And, and uh, he knows that I love to teach, and I, and I appreciate the, the fact that he allowed me to be here. And uh, so, does uh, anybody have anything to say? Curtis, you have anything to say? Okay. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, Lord, we thank you for each and every blessing of this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord, for 